0: Hello and welcome to the Idaho Reports podcast. I'm Logan Finney. This week, we're joined by Blake Jones, reporter at Idaho Ed News, to talk about legislation that was passed into law this year, allowing local school districts to join the state health insurance plan. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me on, Logan.
0: So, Blake, we covered this bill as it was moving through the legislature, but for me and for our listeners, can you just refresh our memories on what this health insurance bill did?
1: Definitely. So at the start of the 2022 legislative session, Governor Brad Little proposed in his State of the State Address that the state put $105 million extra in state funding into K-12 staff health insurance. And the idea, um, you know, for doing so was to bring spending on K-12 employees insurance up to par with that of other state employees, because Idaho only spends about two thirds of Um, you know, what it spends on other state employees on K-12 staff. Um, The state also, um, you know, in line with the governor's request, put $75.5 million um, into the one-time costs of switching on to the state insurance plan, because while some Idaho school districts are on this comparatively low-premium, high-benefit state plan, the majority aren't and haven't been able to afford to do so. So the legislature ended up executing both requests and fully funding both of them. But, um, you know, as we've talked to school administrators who have been, you know, kind of crunching the numbers and looking at how much money they're gonna get out of this request, we have seen, you know, um, some limitations or some shortfalls in the eyes of those school administrators. Um, So, you know, what I have discovered with you know, some of my recent reporting is that the state has, you know, opted to fund those increases for K-12 staff health insurance by using the state's arcane um, funding formula for school employees. The result of doing that has been that there is enough annual state funding that has been put into school staff health insurance, um, you know, to bring state funded positions. Um, up to par with other state employees but one of the limitations of doing so has been that a number of other positions that schools might pay for through supplemental levies or through federal funding aren't covered by these new increases in health insurance funding so it looks like a lot of school districts are going to be a little bit short of the money that they need to um, you know upgrade staff health insurance going that route.
0: And which uh, can you tell me, like, some of the schools that you've been speaking to, and what what some of their particular administrators have been telling you?
1: Absolutely. So, one school that um, I've talked to a little bit is the Nampa School District, and in the Nampa School District, the um, you know district's finance director, Randy Dewey, has you know said that there that they've experienced a couple of problems here because they have um, you know at least fifty employees who are funded. Um, you know, through their sup- supplemental levy and a couple other sources, along with other federal employees. And you know, although they'd really like to get on the state health insurance program and hopefully lower their premiums a lot, they just don't think that they can make that happen without cutting into other programs. So they don't anticipate doing that anytime soon. And you know, the leader of the NAMpa Education Association, too, has expressed some you know concerns um, along the same lines. and, you know, both of those individuals have worried too that the one-time um, federal money that the state has appropriated for switching onto the state plan won't be enough uh, for Nampa to get onto the state plan.
0: And you've spoken with um, people in the governor's office, budgeting folks. You've spoken with the lawmakers who worked on this bill. Was this a surprise? Did they think it was going to be enough money, or was this kind of a known issue coming into it?
1: You know, this wasn't a surprise for the folks who were budgeting this proposal from the outset. So I talked with um, Governor Little's budget head Alex Adams in early February, and at the time, you know, Adams said, "We know that this is only going to cover those state-funded positions, um, but." You know, he expressed optimism that even if a district isn't able to switch onto the state's plan, that this is still going to be beneficial for them. And that's what we're hearing from skeptical administrators, too. Because even if you don't switch onto the state plan, you can still put all of the additional money that you're getting into your existing plan. And the hope with that is that you can lower down your health insurance premium costs for your teachers, for your classified staff, like bus drivers and cafeteria workers. And, you know, hopefully get those premiums down, which is really, really significant for school um, employees in Idaho, because while the state's plan has premiums that range around $300, $300, um, school employees often pay closer to $1,300 or $1,500, which is a huge cut out of your paycheck, uh, Paycheck, you know, particularly when you're not making a salary that is, um, you know, uh, competitive with um, higher paying states.
0: Sure. Lawmakers have been working on funding the career ladder, which is the the funding structure for teachers for a long time. And during debates on uh, when it was moving through the statehouse, I remember hearing a lot of times talking about take home pay for teachers that would would be a really big impact.
1: Absolutely. And another reason for that is that even if it's relatively affordable for some, you know, teachers and other school employees to um you know pay for their insurance out of their paycheck one of the problems with this is that a lot of districts plans um are very very expensive to um get family members onto your plan and so that's that's been a really big problem too that you might end up spending three or four times as much just to get a spouse or um children on the plan so that's been another issue um but you know, you mentioned that I spoke, was able to speak with the bill sponsor and um, a couple of lawmakers about this issue, and you know, the bill sponsor, Representative Rod Furness, um, a Republican from Rigby, had you know, kind of acknowledged from the outset the way that this proposal was being funded. And you know, Furness's his whole career has been in insurance. He um, sits on a you know state insurance board that has a lot of power over these issues, and. You know, even though he, you know, kind of knew from the outset that, you know, this might be a little bit short, he says that he's hoping to come back next year and add more annual funding, you know, through more legislative appropriations in order to kind of close that gap and allow school districts to be brought fully up to par with other state employees.
0: And so just to be clear, if a school district receives this money and doesn't use it to switch to the state health insurance plan they don't lose access to the money right it's it's discretionary funding correct so
1: um you know there so it's i guess here it's important to note um and kind of parcel out these two different um you know chunks of money right because there's this one-time appropriation of federal money from the american rescue plan the um you know congressional coronavirus relief package and that money can only be used to switch onto the state plan so if a district doesn't use that then that gets left on the table uh table and they don't get access to it however they have some time to use that their the deadline for spending that money doesn't come for a couple more years so if districts you know wait a year wait until they get a clearer picture of their budgets then they can switch on the state plan later or do so if they get more money from the state but then to your point, this, you know, other um, amount of money, this 105 million from the state, which is, you know, not only more significant because it's a larger amount of money, but it's more significant because it's planned to be an ongoing appropriation from the state going year to year. and. And correct, if if districts don't switch over to the state plan, they can funnel all of that increased money into their own plans and, you know, lowering premiums and trying to lower out-of-pocket costs and potentially increasing benefits if that's what they choose to do.
0: And so that was a great breakdown of the funding. There's federal ARPA funds to fund the transition. There is this new money from the state. But also part of this deal was getting rid of a leadership premium program that some schools take advantage of. Can you explain that program briefly for me and kind of this this deal to get rid of it to free up some money for the health insurance?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. So. And, you know I, I should point out so it's actually it's not the master educator premium program that is already set to sunset um after next year it's a separate leadership premium program for um teachers who have um you know different different levels of like leadership uh responsibilities within their district and that's a program that runs at around 18 million dollars a year and That is going to be a trade-off because it's being cut. The governor's office from the outset suggested um, cutting that money and moving it into these added health insurance benefits and into that annual funding pot. Um, Part of the reason that they advocated for doing this is that the process for applying for and maintaining eligibility for those um, premiums is um, relatively onerous. And it requires quite a bit of red tape on on the hands of districts. There, you know, there is some, uh, you know, a little bit of hesitance coming from some, you know, local leaders, for example, the NAMPA Education Association president that I referenced earlier, Brian Coffey, is frustrated because, um, you know, his district isn't able to get onto the state plan, but they're still going to lose out on these premiums, which are, you know, around $3,000 per teacher that they've, you know, pushed towards special ed teachers who are particularly difficult to hire, both because they have High levels of edu- you know, education, and you know, also because their jobs are really challenging. Um, so, uh, you know, that that cut is, you know, now uh, pretty much codified as being permanent, and you know, the governor's office is defaulted and you know, appointed toward the increased investments that they put into the career ladder that you talked about as kind of compensating for the for those cuts. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, that that is going to be one. Um, Permit trade-off that we're going to see from this decision
0: is there anything else that you think we should talk about that we haven't gotten to today you know i
1: think one thing that i didn't point out in my story that we you know we could also uh, get into is um you know logan i'm i'm sure you remember the thousand dollar bonuses for k-12 employees that were also passed through the legislature. Um, the governor's office also, um, you know, coming out at the start of the legislative session, recommended that all teachers in Idaho receive thousand-dollar bonuses. Um, also from the American Rescue Plan, in order to kind of reward them for the challenges of teaching during the pandemic, the legislature decided to extend that request even further and give those bonuses to all levels of K-12 employees. But yeah you know, um although those bonuses are funded a little bit differently than the staff health insurance boost, they're also funded through the state's funding formula. So the money that was appropriated to those bonuses also isn't you know isn't enough to cover every k-12 staffer in the state. So this issue isn't um, you know one that just extends to staff health insurance. It also you know is is pushed to these thousand dollar bonuses. And, you know, like the staff health insurance, that's no secret. That issue came up on the Senate floor while the Senate was debating this issue. Senator Janie Ward Engelking pointed this out, but but said, you know, we're going to get most of the way there. This is still a good reward for teachers, and it's still going to be helpful for teacher retention. And we're hopeful that school districts can use some of their American Rescue Plan dollars um, that they have, and they're sitting on quite a bit right now. In order to kind of backfill those bonuses, since that's one of the eligible uses of the um, federal aid that they control. So, yeah, you know, this issue applies to a lot of um, a lot of state funding bills because a lot most state funding runs through the formula, <laughs> which uh, makes sense.
0: And they've been talking about tweaking and adjusting the way that formula works for years. We'll keep an eye on when that happens. There was a bill that was vetoed, but that that is a conversation for another day. Blake Jones with Idaho Education News, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much, Logan.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to the Idaho Reports podcast. We'll see you next Wednesday for another new episode. In the meantime, you can follow our written reporting on the Idaho Reports blog, and you can find segments from the show at our YouTube channel. You'll find all of the links at idahoptv.org slash Idaho Reports. Idaho Reports airs Friday nights at 8 p.m. on Idaho Public Television. Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.
1: Hi, I'm Marcia Franklin, the producer and host of Dialogue. For more than 25 years, we've been bringing you conversations that matter. More than 150 of those conversations are with writers, and now you can take them with you wherever you go, while you're walking, around the house, or in the car. Just search for Dialogue with Marsha Franklin on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms, and remember to subscribe so that new shows download
0: automatically. Enjoy.